to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this program is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. I would like to thank Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. And Daiwa, they've got your bass covered. My first guest today will be Dan Johnston. We're talking about fall patterns and what is probably arguably the best fall pattern out there, some type of jig, football jigs, swim jigs, flipping jigs. Listen to what Dan has to say there. And then my next guest or two guests from Team Lender, I've got James Lender and Jeremy Smith. They're giving us an update on what's going on in the Lender family world. And then the winner of the Toyota Series Table Rock Tournament $200,000. Chad Morozik won that. Listen to his journey. Hear how he won those dollars and what's going on in the future for him. But first, I'd like to remind everybody that this segment of the We Fish ASA podcast is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. And I'd like to welcome back Dan Johnston. How you doing, Dan? Doing great, Dave. Well, it's good to talk to you again. Uh, fall patterns... It's pretty tough to beat a jig this time of year. Football jig, there's a lot of things you can use, some type of structure jig, but a half or three-quarter ounce jig, I know they just had that big tournament down there in uh, Table Rock, and uh, I believe eight or nine of the guys in the top ten, imagine that, were throwing a big jig. Yeah, you know, we've talked about uh, one uh, kind of a segue off that. We talked about if you were to go around the country with one bait, that's all you could take. Uh, for me, it's not even close. It would be a jig because it comes, you can do so much with it. You know, you look at the light wire finesse jig um, to the swim jig uh, to the football jig and then the flipping jig. You've got so many, all the different wire columns. So the swim jig, you can just reel it in. You know, yeah. a football jig, you can stroke it really hard out there deep on a ledge or you can drag it. Um, they're lethal on forward facing football jigs are, and there's micro football jigs for smallmouth. We use up in Wisconsin and they're just, they're just, you know, phenomenal. And I would, I would say that, you know, spring and fall are equally as good. You know, a lot of people attach the springtime to a jig and a spinnerbait and I get it. I do that too a lot, but throw a jig just as much in the fall as I do in the spring. It's just a super lethal technique and the important thing is to understand the different classifications of them and then rod line trailers are huge it's a big part of it um fall rates different weights colors you don't need a lot of colors i don't think but um it's important to get our head around it holistically but man that the category of the jig and we're talking bass jigs right now is, is really hard to beat it it is and uh let's let's uh go over uh the type of rods that we say we're throwing a half ounce, three quarter ounce uh, football jig. But what rod is uh, what uh, Dan Johnson would recommend for that? I throw it on a seven four heavy um, with uh, twenty pound fluorocarbon. Ninety nine percent of the time, I like the fluorocarbon because it sinks and it's sensitive, and they can't see it. Um, and I like the seven four length because I'm not working around a dock with it, trying to skip it. That's a whole other conversation. Uh, you can pick up line with it cause it's long. Um, and the big thing about that is the football jig, not always, but most of the time I'm throwing that in, you know, 15 foot or deeper. 
And um, I know even though it's floral, it's going to have a little bit of stretch. And so sometimes I'm throwing it a long ways and I want to be able to pick up that line on the hook set. Um, so I'm not taking two steps back to get to get them pinned. And it works real. So seven, four heavy with 20 pound floral. I use a pretty fast gear ratio on a jig, probably faster than most. Um, only because I want to pick up line. A lot of times when they bite you, they'll swim with you, and you're reeling on slack, especially a big one, and I like to pick up line with it. Yeah, absolutely. Same rod on uh, flipping a jig? Yeah, flipping, I'll, I'll do actually a couple different rods. I'll, the 7.4 Heavy has really become a staple, just my personal opinion. I don't use... I use very, very little braid with a jig anymore unless I'm in vegetation, and then I... It's about all I use, like up in Minnesota and, you know, heavy weeds. I'm I'm using braid for all the reasons we've talked about, cutting vegetation, low stretch, getting turned and all that. Um, But I'm using a 7.4 heavy, but I'll also um, sometimes flip and go out to a 7.10 if I'm fishing really heavy cover. Uh, And believe it or not, in a... A lot of people will think in a, you know, confined areas and laydowns and timber and standing timber with snags and whatever, that that long rod's an impediment. But I don't think it is because you don't have to swing as far back. I mean, like if you use a seven-foot rod and you set the hook on a jig, that rod tip almost needs to get back up past your shoulder while you're reeling to catch up. That 710 it's a real short little pop. It's because you're picking up so much line with it, you're in them right away. Yeah, uh, yeah. And another thing I love about it is that angle to angle of attack on the water. I mean, the, the tip's farther away from your hand. So the line's going straighter down and you're less likely to get hung up. If you're flipping really heavy cover close, I like that rod for it. And then around a boat dock, it's nothing longer than 7-1 ever for me because I love to skip. And uh, there's probably guys out there that can skip a seven four, but I'm not one of them. <laughs> you know, I, because we're skipping both, you know, backhand, underhand, and then the little circle one off your dominant hand. There's about four or five different casting motions depending on where your boat is and where the hole is. You're trying to get the the jig under, and that shorter rod is is I think mandatory. The the seven foot heavy rod we call a dock sniper um is was designed for just that and i absolutely love it for that 20 pound fluorocarbon again a lot of times for that as well yeah yeah absolutely how about uh on a swim jig are you throwing mostly quarter and three eighths or do you go to a half on your swim jig sometimes you know 90 percent of the time on the on the on the river i'm throwing a quarter ounce yeah and in this in this case i am throwing braid um a hundred percent of the time because I'm throwing it in eelgrass and pads, and I don't think they see it as well as they do in super clear water lakes, so I can get away with it, but it's cutting that vegetation. Um, it's it's incredibly sensitive, uh, but I'll throw a, a light wire, quarter ounce uh, swim jig with, uh, a lot of times I'll put a Rage Menace on the back of it, and then the key to that, I think is uh, some of that's the brush guard. You don't want a brush guard that's super stiff on a swim jig. It's just a, a lot of times it's a dead retrieve and they're coming up to get it almost like a crankbait, you know? So it's a completely different thing than the rest of the jigs, at least for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, with the braid, you get, a, sometimes you'll get hung on a pad or eelgrass or, or any kind of weeds and you can snap it through. And a lot of times that snap out of the weeds is what triggers the bite. Well, there's no doubt. And plus with a, with a, you know, all of the other jigs we talked about, 
your feel sensitivity comes from bottom contact or the or the bite on the fall when they thump it and you're feeling the slack going through the, the bite. But swim jig is not a swim jig. I want to feel the tail. Um, I want to feel the cadence of the. You can actually feel the cadence of a swim jig with a really good rod. I use a. Um, a lot of times I'll use a, um, an extra fast on the tip um, and with a thirty pound braid. And if you match it right with the right tail, you can actually feel the tail, which is important. So you've got a string of something hanging off it. You can reel it all the way back to the boat and they're not going to bite it. Um, so it's a different it's a different requirement for sensitivity, uh, but it's still sensitivity. It's just not your feel. You're not feeling pea gravel or boulders or sand of mud or you're not you're not looking for that as much as you are a straight back water column or tree with a swim jig. So it is different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How about with, with a bladed jig? Are you using it in the same cover as you would a swim jig or more open? Well, I'll do both. Believe it or not, we're flipping and pitching bladed jigs a lot now. I'm doing a lot more of that than I ever used to, especially good ones that you don't have to kickstart. Yep. You know, you'll get, flip them to the bottom, let them go down, and you give it a little rip, and that fat blade activates right away. They bite it really good. I'll set that up exactly the way I will a flipping jig. But for... Um, I don't set it up like I do for a swim jig because I don't like braid for a bladed jig. And that's a total opinion thing. I'm a 20 pound fluorocarbon, hundred percent on a, on a, on a bladed jig. If I can, if, unless I'm in really nasty weeds, um, I'm throwing fluorocarbon. I think the bait fishes better and it, and the, and the, the sink rate's a little better on it for me personally than, than it is with braid. So I'm using a fluorocarbon with a swim jig or a bladed jig, which would be different than I do with a, a swim jig. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're right. I think that's probably more people fish that differently, uh, whether they're using braid or whether they're using floral. And for myself, I actually throw the bladed jig. I throw it with braid, but I throw it on a glass rod. Well, a lot of people do. That's seven two heavy moderate. Yep. Uh, rip and chatter is the juice for that bladed jig, and you can do that with braid or fluorocarbon. Um, and it, it, I throw that same rod with with fluorocarbon, um, and it, it, it very rarely do they miss it. And I think part of it's that glass just really lets them get it good. And that that blade on the bladed jig, you can miss a lot of fish with them if you're using a high strain carbon rod because the blade doesn't collapse and get out of the way. And I've seen fish take it right in front of me and not get it. It comes right out of them, and I I have to think that that rod is so stiff that they're trying to get that thing and that blade doesn't get out of the way. Yeah. And it's got to, it, it, it almost acts like a, a secondary brush guard and it can be a problem. So yeah, that softer rod, it, I think is, is a real good thing. Absolutely. Always great information from Dan Johnston and uh, definitely appreciate it, my friend. And we'll talk to you next week. Hey Dave, thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. That was Dan Johnston. I am Dave Kranz. And this segment of the We Fish ASA podcast was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. We will be right back. Probably one of the number one questions I get, you know, what line do I use? That's a big debate. For every tour out there, everybody's debating which line. I choose the simple side. My choice of line is sunline. One of my favorite lines to use is sunline. How all can you use it? Anywhere you want to. Anywhere there's water and bass, it's good. Walleye, catfish, trout, speckled trout, sharks. There we go. Uh, I don't say this unless I think it's true, but honestly, it's the best in the market. Daiwa, MAGFORCE-Z, 
Similar in design to our SV system. Reels with MagForce Z excel when it comes to casting control while fishing bigger, heavier baits. Our standard reels have a fixed rotor on the spool, meaning the braking pressure is consistent across the entirety of the cast. MagForce Z incorporates a spool that has a dynamic rotor that can adjust out and back from the spool. This gives you maximum control and casting precision. Daiwa. For over 75 years here at St. Croix, we believe every angler deserves the best fishing experience possible in being equipped and prepared for the moment opportunity strikes. You can only provide control if you are in control. Our legacy is being written every day with decisions today determining our successes tomorrow. We value contributions and successes of all individuals, protecting and preserving the things that matter most, taking care of people like family, the persistent pursuit of perfection, St. Croix. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say every guest I have on this segment, they have a passion for the outdoors. My next two guests on the same segment here have a passion for the outdoor in spades. James Linder, Jeremy Smith, part of Team Linder. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. Hey, hey. Glad to have you guys uh, here again. Uh, haven't had you on for a while. Uh, figured I'd get an update from you, what's going on. We were talking a little bit off the air earlier. You're up in Minnesota, and, and you said the weather is still, I mean, we're in the middle of November. It's still pretty nice up there. It's really surprising. Actually, Dave, we've been, uh, Jared and I have been, well, we actually have a little, we have a few guys that actually go out and hunting deer. I only, I usually just hunt fish at this time of the year, both Al and I. So we've been doing a lot of cold water fishing for walleyes, bass, smallmouths, largemouths, musky fishing's been going really good. We've had a little bit of a hiatus where the temperature dropped down and sort of went south and the pond started freezing up and then it got a little bit more mild. And so we've been out and I think we have about four or five more days of uh, this unseasonably warm weather. And then it's going to crash after that. And pretty much these lakes are going to freeze up in probably the latter by Thanksgiving. They're usually frozen. Yeah, yeah. You got got some uh, cold weather comes early up there. And those people that are listening in the south, they're like ice on the water. <laughs> really? They don't, they don't get it. But they should try it because there's nothing wrong with ice fishing, is there? Oh, it's crazy popular, right? We're just getting ready to kick off uh, Angling Buzz Ice on Wednesday. That's a project that we do some weekly content on, on ice fishing, and it's incredibly well-received content. Uh, it's amazing how many how many folks are into it, but it's so nice. This, you know, nowadays, it's, uh, the equipment's amazing. You can stay warm. I mean, the augers, the, the ability to find fish with electronics, I mean, it just makes the whole process a million times easier. It's still ice fishing. It's still a lot of work, but it's not... It's not, you know, gas lanterns and hand augers and, and you know, Carhartt bibs anymore. No, yeah. The, the biggest thing is what Jared was talking about is just like in open water fishing, you know, the electronics that we have, everything from mapping, uh, 2D sonar, and fo even forward-facing sonar, 360 underneath the ice, really can uh, expediently to find fish, you know, and obviously through the ice, that's a big deal because you're cutting a hole and you got to, you have a limited amount of space to look underneath you in where these forward facing sonar gives you a far better picture of a larger underwater habitat to go find fish. And like anything, the only way to catch fish is to find fish. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and what I have found, I've been in the tackle industry for oh since 1981, a long time. Um, uh, I have a retail establishment, as you guys know, in Northern Illinois, but some of the listeners may not. Uh, but uh, a lot of the ice fishermen are so passionate about what they do. I have guys that golf all summer and only ice fish. They don't fish in the summer. And the, the ice fishermen, they're a little different, aren't they? Oh, I can guarantee you one thing. It is absolutely amazing. A lot of people, you're absolutely right. There's a lot of people that spend a lot more time ice fishing than open water fishing. You, obviously, uh, the way into it, it's not as expensive. You don't have to have a boat, per se. You, you know, To be efficient, you need some of the right equipment for the rods, reels, gear, electronics, uh, clothing. But the, the way into the sport, it's uh, considerably cheaper than open water fishing. Well, too, you know, we used to just look at, you know, Thursdays or Fridays. We're just off Highway 371, which is the main artery feeding the, you know, all the lakes and the, and the fishing up here. And it was summer, you'd look at boats. But now it seems like in the wintertime, there's more wheeled fish houses coming north on a weekend than there is boats in the summer. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. <laughs> you know, I was out last year with my brother, Bill, and we were just absolutely, it was a really one of the early ice uh Really beautiful weather, um, you know what I mean? And, and I was just absolutely dumbfounded on how many people were out on the ice. There's just no way in the world you'd ever see that many boats out on the lake. Yeah. I mean, it's not even not even close, David. Not yeah, close. yeah. No, it, it's yeah. it's pretty crazy. And, and we're in northern Illinois where I'm at. And just over the Wisconsin border, an hour, hour and a half, you get between me and Madison. There's a lot of ice fishing happens every year. You go an hour south of where I'm at in northern Illinois. I'm about 20 miles from the Wisconsin border. And sometimes there's no ice. A lot of times we'll get six, eight inches. And, you know, a heavy year here is 12 or 15. But the people that get to do it here and the people that will travel from the uh, uh, central part of the state to go and ice fish are they just can't wait for it. It's just it, it's a it's a big deal. How, how about highlights from the season this year? What any do each of you have uh, something that sticks out in your mind as twenty twenty three is like? Wow, that was one of the best days I've ever seen. Well, we've actually you know just because of the nature of our business, we actually produce a lot of different programming. We shoot close to sixty five different programs by mm-hmm. thirteen series throughout the course of the year uh so we have guys traveling from canada down south actually we just had some boys heading to south carolina as we speak to go down there which is one of the last shows of the year so we get a chance to fish for all different species of fish and all different uh from the great lakes the missouri river uh into you know ontario up into uh what jared where were you at he was up on tazan looking for the giant lake trout. Then he's uh, making his uh, usual musky runs to Eagle Lake and throughout the uh, northwest Ontario a lot. Yeah, there's some cool stuff. Well, James and I both got to fish the Great Lakes this year, and, you know, that is just, I mean, every time we go there, that's super cool. And we both, we fished kings, but also the lake trout. I mean, that's one of those things that I feel like it is such a stunning. You, you, James was on Lake Michigan. I was on Lake Superior. And I uh, both came back with just like, you just can't even believe how awesome the fishing is. I mean, they're big fish, they're aggressive, they're not that hard to find. I mean, if you get the conditions, I mean, the Great Lakes lake trout fishing right now is absolutely insane. Yeah, we're just a little bit north of Chicago. We're I was uh, up with uh, Ben Wolf um, from Sportfish Michigan, and those guys fish for all different species of fish, but uh, they do this vertical jigging uh, lake trout up around Traverse City mm-hmm. area. 
And uh, what I was really amazed with uh, is how many fish there are. And I, we're driving along those, those you know, those ledges and, you know, big long points and series of sunken islands anywhere from 50 to 80 foot of water. We were there about two months ago, three months ago. But uh, how many fish were there? And he said, nope, they're all lake trout. All of those are lake trout. And I, was like, I was just dumbfounded, you know what I mean? How many fish, I mean, how many fish do you want to catch between 8 and 15 pounds? Yeah, right. it's just a race. Who gets there first? Yeah. yeah. No, that that's pretty crazy. Uh, so there's, I know I'll see you guys on on Facebook following some of the trips that you just mentioned. You have a lot of different uh, ways people can see the content that you put out there. Why don't you why don't you cover that so the listeners can uh, tune in to see what you guys are doing? Yeah. So we've got to, you know if you're if you're jumping online, of course, uh, our social media, Facebook page, Instagram. So check out Linder's Angling Edge, Angling Buzz. Uh, we do another show called The Canadian Experience as well. And then uh, we're just getting ready to kick off our 2024 television season. That'll be the first weekend in January. So you can look for Lunders Angling Edge on the Outdoor Channel, sport, uh, uh, WFN, Pursuit. It also airs on a number of the Valley sports nets in Midwest, Detroit, Ohio, North, and a number of local broadcast stations. And then those shows are, of course, on YouTube as well so we try to make our content available to everyone and uh yeah the, the fresh stuff is just about to uh leave the office here in about another three four weeks so. yeah that's we've been just actually going over the first five shows going out for each net, network actually that's we've been sort of proofing the, the pieces before they go out yeah you got got to do that you guys produce an amazing amount of content good content i think what people should realize is that this isn't watching people catch fish they are teaching you how to do this they are teaching you so that you can go out and do it yourself pay attention learn the little details there is so much to be learned from uh, jeremy smith and james linder and i appreciate you guys coming on and uh, we won't make it so long till we get an update from you again we'll, we'll be calling you sooner well, you call us whenever you want to, David. We're here. Uh, I appreciate that, and I appreciate both of you guys. Thank you. No problem. That was James Linder and Jeremy Smith. I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. We will be right back after these messages. Calcutta Outdoors, from bluegill to bluefin, Calcutta Outdoors has the innovative outdoor recreational brands that consumers are looking for. We offer a wide range of trusted products, from fishing rods, combos, and tackle to coolers, drinkware, outdoor apparel, and marine accessories. Calcutta Outdoors. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn-out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it. Iowa. Our SV system is made with one thing in mind, casting control. The design of the spool, as well as how the spool interacts with the braking system, gives maximum control and ease of use when it comes to situations people might generally struggle with. Whether it's casting lightweight baits, skipping pitching, casting into the wind, or even if you're just getting accustomed to a baitcasting reel, SV is designed to help you excel. When set properly, SV reels virtually eliminate backlashes. Daiwa. 
Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, and this program is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. My next guest, this is the first time he's been on. He just had a phenomenal win, Toyota Championship at Table Rock. Welcome to the program, Chad Morazic. How you doing? Good, man. It's been, uh, feels like I've told everybody, it's been, feels like it's been such a long time coming, but it's only been a few years and, and uh, definitely excited to keep these things rolling. You know, I'm definitely excited to be on the show and, and I really appreciate you having me. Oh, no problem. Get, tell us a little bit about your journey into tournament fishing. When did you start uh, and when did you jump levels? Yeah, so I started in high school and, and it really never really was anything too serious. You know, obviously it progressed really quickly, but um, I really had no plan in, in um, chasing the, the tournament scene really hard. And, and once I got out of high school, I think it was about time my senior year rolled around. It was it was time to start figuring out what I wanted to do and, and where I wanted to take this. And, and obviously, uh, you know, we had a lot of success in high school and that, that taught me a lot, taught me how to win and definitely taught me how to lose. We have, we have huge high school fields here in Texas. So you know, we're, we're competing against four or 500 boats sometimes, maybe six. And, and um, fishing against a full field is, is definitely nothing that, that really discourages me now. And, and I got to say it, that's all thanks to that. And, um, you know, it, it was actually a wild journey. It's not really uh, common how, how this whole thing came about for me. I, I definitely think everybody's got a different path. And, um, you know, I, I stayed home. Actually, I, I fished uh, just fished locally after I got out of high school, and and really wanted to emphasize the fact that I I didn't let myself travel regionally until I felt like I was really comfortable at home. So I felt like I was really um, dominant at home, I guess, if you will. And and um, you know, I stayed home 2019, 2020, and 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 we had some really good seasons. Me and my team partner Joe, um, he's a uh, Man, I owe a lot to Joe BB. He's he's my age, and he's really one of the best fishermen I know. And we learned a lot together, and we grew together, and we had this crazy dream together. And and I got to say that helped a lot staying at home. I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I I made that work for me because it in a way it really prepared me to travel. So um, like I said, I stayed home and, and worked worked my butt off. I was, I was working as a mover in, in 2018, 2019, and in 2020, uh, just to gather the entry fee money and, and stuff like that. Um, I think 2021, I, I pretty much dropped everything and, and, uh, and focused on work and just gathering enough, up enough funds to be able to start fishing the Toyota series. And, and I hopped in a few opens that year and, um, really got my teeth kicked in and, and, um, that gave me that drive, uh, fishing at home was a big eye opener. You know, I know it's a huge difference in between staying on your home lake and, and traveling, but we, uh, in the time that we were home, I had no really intentions of college fishing and, and I was in college at the time uh, at community college there at home online taking online classes just trying to maybe bounce off a two-year degree and, and check out and see where the fishing journey takes me and mm-hmm. um, the summer of 21 I, I got a call from Lander University in South Carolina it was really really random and, and it was through a through some friends in the industry got me connected with the school there in South Carolina and and I didn't really think anything of it, man. I, I kind of brushed it under the rug and didn't didn't really uh, take it too seriously. And then I got to thinking, uh, 
man, I don't know that this opportunity is going to come come again. So um, that summer, you know, I, I pretty much just packed my stuff up and moved to South Carolina. You know, that was, that was huge for my career. Looking back now, definitely one of the best decisions I ever made. I got to learn the East Coast and I got to learn herring fishing and spotted bass and stuff like that, which was which was definitely big. You know, we had some events um, this year in, at Clark's Hill for the Invitationals in Georgia. And that was actually the first lake I fished when I moved to South Carolina. So I was definitely glad I made that jump. But not uh, definitely not expected the way <laughs> things worked out. Um, not not always. Not It always is. Uh, did you expect the win from your practice uh, for the Toyota Championship? How was your practice days? Practice was okay. You know, the first two days of practice were really cold and rainy, um, and they were fighting really good. I, I felt really good after the first few days of practice, but it was kind of like a, a clue here, a clue there, and it kind of had me all a hodgepodge of emotions there just because I feel like I could catch them doing whatever the heck I want. And then um, the last two days of practice were completely a U-turn from that. We had bluebird skies, not a lot of wind, and it was really, really, really cold in the 20s in the morning. So... I knew that if I were to make a run at this thing, I was going to really have to key in on the last two days of practice. And that's what I did because the tournament conditions were pretty much exactly the same. So that, as far as the wind goes, I didn't know that I could that I could win, but I knew I'd have a shot if I could get five in the boat every day just because I, I knew I was catching good ones, I was chasing big ones, but it was really hard to get a win. Were you on uh, spots, largemouth and smallmouth? Yeah, I actually weighed in all three, but... Predominantly, I was catching smallmouth. Okay, and and sometimes when the weather gets cooler and you get a tournament in the fall, they will cooperate a little better than the other ones. Right, right. And, and I was mixing it up too. I was throwing a little bit different baits than most people were. I'm sure everybody knows about the jig now and, and how that went. But um, I, I was I was comfortable. I was fishing with a bait that I was really confident in throwing. You know, I was staring at my board facing sonar and and. Um, you know, that's kind of funny, too. I think a lot of people see me as a as a offshore guy just because of how this year has went and stuff like that. And, and uh, I like when people think that, you know, I feel just as comfortable offshore as I do go hitting the bank or flipping mats or throwing a frog. So definitely feel diverse. And, and as far as right now in my career, I feel like um, I'm comfortable doing just about anything. Yeah. How exciting is it that you go on from here and you get to fish the Red Crest? Red Crest is going to be huge. I, I can't wait to. I think it's Kevin Van Dam's last event ever, so that's that's going to be really cool. You know, definitely a guy I looked up to pretty much my whole life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that'll, be, that'll be really cool to fish against him. And then, of course, all the other guys, Jacob Willard and DC, and then um, fish against them a handful of times. So uh, as of right now, you know, this year I, I got to uh, line up with them boys a couple times, but, but Red Crest is going to be huge. You know, I can't wait for the press, and, and I've got a lot of uh, – Got a lot of big changes coming for the 2024 season. I'm definitely excited to market my, my team next year, my, my team sponsors at Red Crest on that stage. That'll be huge. Yeah, that, and that's important because um, the cost of doing a, a Toyota series, depending on where you're driving from, I think uh, with entry fees and, and if you do uh, hotels or split with somebody or, you know, with the gas and everything, I think about three grand is about as cheap as you can do a tournament. Right, yeah, no, and that's if you really... That's if you really pinch too. So it's it's definitely not cheap, and, and sponsors are huge. You know, I, I've uh, I've had a good team of guys the last two years. I've, this is my second year doing this full time, so I'm really fortunate to have the guys behind me. I did have um, this year and, and last year as well, and and uh, we're gonna make some changes next year. Like I said, I've got some really exciting things coming out. Um, I'm gonna be announcing that news here pretty soon, probably by Black Friday. So 
So I'm really pumped to uh, to market those guys as well. Okay, sounds good. Now, I got to take a quick break for uh, some of our sponsors. And when we come back, we can talk about the ones that you've had for the last couple of years. They've kept you on the water. That is awesome. Uh, we'll be right back with more Chad Mrazek after these messages. This is the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz. We'll be right back. You know, when I look at the tournaments I've won, probably four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a tube. But I had completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody, nobody made one soft enough. Big Bite has come with this new tour series of baits. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs on to it. This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube. St. Croix, crafting the best rods on earth takes a team effort. Takes a lot of hands to produce a St. Croix fishing rod, 32 to be exact. Every rod we manufacture is carefully crafted, assembled, and tested by passionate professionals who want to ensure you have the best fishing experience possible. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Iowa, our SV system is made with one thing in mind, casting control. The design of the spool as well as how the spool interacts with the braking system gives maximum control and ease of use when it comes to situations people might generally struggle with. Whether it's casting lightweight baits, skipping, pitching, casting into the wind, or even if you're just getting accustomed to a bait casting reel, SV is designed to help you excel. When set properly, SV reels virtually eliminate backlashes. Daiwa. Welcome back to the Wheatfish ASA podcast. I am Dave Kranz, Toyota Championship winner, Chad Morazic. You've, you've done this journey this year. Who kept you on the water? Who did you have for sponsors uh, to get there? Man, it's been, yeah, it's been crazy. I've had a really good team this year. I, I got to say a big shout out to, to my Mercury and my Bass Cat. You know, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for making long runs. I like to get away from people and, and uh, you know, anything that happened on the water and, and equipment wise or, or mechanically and, and you got to really trust your equipment you know i've had a, had a few years in a bass cat now and running a mercury as well and, and they've definitely kept me on the water and, and i gotta say i've had almost a flawless year this year mechanically and that's something you can never take for granted no. um six cents in waterland fishing you know they, they've taken me under their wing and, and really helped me grow as, a, as an angler and they've really helped not only with themselves and and, and their brand, but they've helped with my brand as well. You know, they do a lot. Um, sending camera guys out and, and having, uh, you know, they've, they've got a really good team of guys over there. Um, obviously coming out with new things and, and, and letting us help them design things and, and really taking our peace of mind in consideration for what they come out with and stuff like that. I'm sure you guys have seen. It's been a, it's been a huge journey with Six Sense for sure. We do things a little bit differently and, and uh, you know, we catch giant bass doing it. So, um, Roger Clemens and his and his son Casey and, and Cody, you know, have helped me out with uh, being on the water this year as well. You know, I linked up with them through uh, a friend of a friend through through the University of Texas baseball, and and uh, you know, we got into further conversation, and, and, and they uh, agreed to help me out and do what they can to keep me on the water, and that's been that's been huge for me. You know, I, I really trust the guys that believed in me before any of this happened, so. Um, you know, obviously before the big win and before the angle of the year and before anything else, I really, uh, I really praise the guys who, who, who took a shot with me. So that's definitely one. And, 
Cannawood Christian Camp. It's a, it's a camp uh, for kids 7 to 14 years old out in Connecticut. And, uh, you know, I was up north doing tournaments this summer. And, and um, you know, obviously I don't want to drive all the way back to Texas and, and then go back up a month later. So Cannawood Fishing Camp took me under their wing jet. He's, uh, he's the owner over there. And, you know, I was working as a guide and, and so that I didn't have to travel all the way back to Texas. And, you know, I had a blast you know, taking kids fishing and teaching them how to love the sport and, and uh, you know, not for not for social media clicks, just just to love bass fishing, and that was really cool for me to to be able to put myself in that position where I can teach the youth as well. Yeah, absolutely. That that is that is great. Um, uh, and it's what a great list of lineup. And you said that there'll be some releases coming out for the going forward, which is great. We'll uh, we'll watch for those. On uh, uh, how do people follow you? You got you got Facebook. What else we we're looking for? Yeah. Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok for now. We've got, uh, you know, we might have something coming for, for, for YouTube next year, so that's definitely something to keep your eye out for. But as far as right now, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, I like to keep it pretty light and funny on TikTok. I'm sure a lot of people will get some laughs out of that. So if you guys get a chance, go ahead and slide over there and, and check out some of my videos. You know, I like to keep it keep it pretty funny and light, like I said. So um, other than that, yeah, I just try to post as much as I can and, and let people know what the daily life is like for me you know it's not all uh it's not all winning championships i can tell you that so no I like to keep it yep, absolutely at what point did you think that uh you had a chance to win in the in the tournament where what what was the moment that you thought boy i i'm in this i i didn't think i had it until you know obviously after the big bag on day two i, I was on an upward trend weight wise and i felt really good about that but Day three was really a grind for me. It was a struggle. So, so I really didn't think that I might have a shot at winning it until I was sitting in the bag line and there was about three guys left. And I'll tell you what, I, I probably could have thrown up the whole entire time. I was really nervous. Yeah, you knew you knew you were yeah you knew you were in, in good shape, but you didn't know as good a shape as you were. And that um, you you run in Mercury, you run in Bass Cat. You say you like to get away from the crowds. You you went long distances. Did you see many other people? Um, I had my primary areas. I had one other guy who was also in the top ten. Um, he wasn't doing anything similar to what I was doing. He was way offshore in the, in the River Channel, just like most other people were. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, no, I was good. I started close every day, all three days, and um, it only really worked out for me one day. And then and then I made my long run up the White River, and uh, just one other guy. That's it. Yeah, and that that's not bad. Um, had you ever fished there before practice? Nope. Table Rock is uh is new to me. It was it was definitely good to to have fresh eyes. I went for free practice um, for a day or two just to kind of learn the layout. You know, I spent most of my time just burning gas, driving up and down the lake, and seeing where it's set up for me the best and and how I like to fish. And um, obviously, you know, you can't do exactly what you want to do in every event, but um, I, I learned to. Uh, really feel home up in that white river area you know up, up the river a little bit not all the way up but, but i'd say about 20 25 miles up the river yeah so you were you had some uh, pretty decent current uh it not not too much not, no. not too much current no. Okay. Not not really not like up at uh, Thousand Islands or some of those other places. No, no, no. I wasn't that far. Up. No, no, sir. So, what your plans for next year? You're doing the Red Crest. You're doing um, uh, tackle warehouse again. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm going to fish the full schedule, of the Invitationals again. Um, you know, we 
we're fortunate enough to requalify through points this year. So if if the Toyota Series didn't work out how they did, then then I would still be okay to go ahead and run that back again. So I'm going to fish the, the Invitationals again. Obviously, the Red Crest that's going to be a good one. I might try to hop in a few at home where I can, and then I'm going to fish a really really full schedule of Toyota Series. I think I'm going to do two divisions at least. If not, I'm going to do three of them. So it, it'll be a full schedule. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. There you go. There you well, you, you're uh, you're going to make it uh, full time. Are you doing anything else this year, work wise? Are you just going to fish? No, sir. I'm, I'm full time again this year. So, um, like I said, I've got a I've got a really good group of guys on board next year I, I like to get on the sponsorship train pretty early in the season just because i know how hard it is to, to for not only people to help you but but it's kind of hard as an angler to, to ask someone for something like that you know but um you know we've got a we've got a we've got a full-time job out of it next year so excellent we're gonna, we're gonna make the most out of it. And, and working for sponsors is a full-time job. For those that are high school and collegiate kids that are thinking that, hey, I want to do this, uh, the, the sponsors don't want to see photos of fish or tournament wins. They want to see somebody that's passionate about their product, has the product knowledge, and can sell product. It, would you agree with that? Absolutely, yeah. No, working for them is, is the biggest thing. So every, every year whenever I have to enter this portal where, where I'm looking for new guys or, or I guess in this case, whenever I have a few more offers to on the table to, uh, to manage, you gotta, you gotta learn, you gotta learn to let them know what you can do for them more so than what they can do for you. So absolutely. They, you, you gotta be different is, is how I kind of do it. I'm a little off the beaten path and I like to do things a little bit differently than most of the, most of the other guys. And, and, uh, you know, I like to, uh, express my personality whenever I can. So, so yeah, that, I think being different is, is a big thing, and, and like I said, just doing the most you can for them. Well, it, it's awesome. It's uh, I'm glad to see you got where you did. You've worked hard for it, and uh, looking forward to following you and tracking you and seeing what you do going forward. Uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you at the Red Crest and seeing how you do there. Uh, I'm sure it won't be the last time that uh, we have you on the We Fish ASA podcast because uh, I think your future is bright. You've got a great attitude. You've got good sponsors, and I think uh, you've proven that you deserve to be there, and uh, we appreciate you coming on and wish you nothing but uh, success in the future. Awesome, Dave. Man, I really appreciate you having me, and I hope you're right about that. Hopefully we can, we can have a few more of these, and like I said, I hopefully after Red Crest as well. So I really appreciate it. Well, sounds good. Thank you, uh, Chad. We'll uh, be talking to you again. Yes, sir. Uh, that was Chad Morazic, Toyota Championship winner at Table Rock. I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast. And this show is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. I would like to thank Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. St. Croix, the best rods on earth in Iowa. They've got your bass covered. Thank you to this week's guest, Dan Johnson, talking about fall patterns, specifically jigs. They work. Try them. Listen back to it. You'll learn something. Thank you to James Linder and Jeremy Smith for the update on what's going on in the Linder family world. And then Chad Morazek, you just heard from him, winner of the Toyota Series uh, Championship at Table Rock, $200,000. What a great win. Congratulations, Chad. And I am looking forward to bringing you the We Fish ASA podcast next week. Until then, 
please take someone fishing to help grow our sport. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.